Praise the Lord. It is good to be back together with you and uh, to be uh, preparing this message for you for um, Sunday morning. And I know that uh, I know that all of you have been faithful and and uh, viewing these and uh, look forward to the time that we are coming back together worshiping. Well, today we're going to get into the Word of the Lord, and I want to. Uh, bring to you a message today called trust and do not question um, our scripture passage today is going to be taken from proverbs the third chapter and be reading very familiar passages here proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 and they say trust in the lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. What? Well, let's let's begin the service today just by having a word of prayer. Let's just pray that God will minister through this word today, and that God will uh, use this to uh, minister to those that are hearing. Lord, we come before you today, God. We we bring you uh, praise and worship and honor this morning, God. Lord, we bring ourselves to you, God, as a gift, Lord, as an offering unto you, God. And Lord, we, we come before you just wanting to be in your presence, Lord. We ask today that you would help us as we as we hear the word, God, as I minister the word today, I pray, God, that you would just bring clarity to your word, God, that your spirit would just speak to us, Lord. Minister to your people. Help us in all that we're doing, God. Lord, anoint these lips today, God. Lord, that I would speak under the anointing of the Holy Ghost today, God, that it would be words that would minister according to your will. God, bless each and every one that hears today, God. We thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, today, I before we get into the message, I want to uh, thank everyone for all of, the, uh, all of the responses to the messages and to the to the teaching that we have been doing. I appreciate that. Uh, it's, it's good to, to hear comments and, and to hear from, uh, from you um, about how the, the word has ministered to you or, or uh, even, even questions that you have or things that, that, that are coming up through the teaching, through the preaching of the word. I, I appreciate that. I also want to thank each and every one of you for your faithfulness and your giving. I ask that you would just continue that continue to give, to uh, be obedient to the, to the Lord and your tithing and your offerings, continue to do those things so that God will continue to bless you. And I pray that you are blessed. Amen. We are going to get into the word right now. And um, scripture that I read, like I said, it's a very familiar passage speaking about trusting in God. I know that we've, uh, in the past, we have had several messages about trusting in God. And today I want to have a, a little bit of a different take on it, just because we have we we have a a certain amount of trust that we develop with God, but there also comes a point where we have to learn to trust God without questioning Him. Have you ever had any time in in your walk with God and your experience as a as a Christian? where you've questioned what was God doing? Maybe there's been some things that, that uh, 
have, have happened or, or some circumstances that you've seen and, and you begin to wonder, okay, God, that, that wasn't what I was planning for. That, that wasn't what I thought was going to take place. What, what are you doing, God? What's going on? Well, today I want to talk to us a little bit about that. As I was preparing for this, there was an old song that came to my mind that I can remember as a young person. We would have, you know, either the pastor would get up and he would uh, preach a, a, a message about rededicating your life or maybe in a, an evangelist would come through or maybe it was a camp meeting service. But there would be those services and, you know, everyone just felt that drawing at the end of the service to, to go and to rededicate their life to God and, and to his will and to his plan and um, inevitably during those times of recommitment uh, the song would play where he leads me I will follow and um, I, I had to take a, a minute here and um, today and look up the the words to that song and it's interesting because it starts out that uh, I can hear my savior calling it repeats that and it, it goes down to take thy cross and follow, follow me. And, and so many times in our, our, our rededication or our commitment to God, we, we hear that calling, that voice of God that's, that's drawing us. And it's saying, take your cross and, and follow me, follow me, walk with me. It, it continues on and, and the, the writer here says, I'll go with him through the waters. The next refrain says, I'll go with him through the garden. I'd go with him to dark Calvary. I'll go with him to the judgment. I'll go with him, with him all the way. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him all the way. And I remember Hearing that song, I remember singing that song and thinking, God, I'll do whatever. You know, I mean, uh, kind of like the, uh, the, the, the disciple in, in the New Testament, uh, Apostle Peter, when he said, you know, Lord, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll follow you. I'll be faithful to you. And the Lord said, Peter, before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me. And and Peter wept bitterly after that happened because he was intent. He, he was very sincere that, listen, I'll follow you, God. But there was a, there was a weakness, something in him that, that, that caused him to, to, to back away. And sometimes we face those situations in our life. Um, I want to share with you today and uh, if you'll just humor me for a few moments, I want to share with you today a story that I, um, I came across in a, a devotion that I was reading this past week, and it just fits so perfectly with this message. And um, the story is called The Rabbi and the Cow. Now, this is, a, this is an old um, Hebrew uh, story that they would tell. Okay, so just bear with me as I, as I share this with you. There was a rabbi, a very good and pious man, who wanted to see justice in the world. But it often seemed to him that good people got punished 
and that bad or undeserving people thrived and prospered. He pondered about this and he found no solution for his problem. Now this rabbi used to study at night and sometimes he got a fam famous visitor, Elisha the prophet. Come, said the prophet on such an occasion, tomorrow I wish to go out into the world. I want to see whether the Jews around here are still hospitable. I want to experience how they keep this great experience that we have. I want you to go with me. We will disguise ourselves as filthy, haggard beggars and knock on doors. No matter what happens, I want you to observe without asking me any questions or seeking any explanations. And so it came to pass. They left the next morning, and in the evening they came to a, poor, a very poor hovel, hardly worthy of human occupation. They knocked and found that the poor farmer and his wife lived there together with a cow, their only possession, which provided their meager livelihood. They sold milk in the next village and drank what was left. It kept them from starving. The farmer couple was poor but very friendly and ushered the two beggars in. They let them sleep on their best straw, for they had no beds, and they shared a slice of hard bread and a cracked bowl of milk from their cow with them. They entertained the guest with friendly conversation till they all said the nighttime prayers and went to sleep. In the middle of the night, the rabbi noticed that Elijah had slipped away to the stable. A part of the hut screened off with a burlap sack where the couple's cow was kept. He wondered what the prophet might be doing there, but remembering his promise, he said nothing. The next morning they woke up to a terrible scream. The farmer's wife had gone to milk the cow, had found the animal stretched out on the floor, stiff and dead. How will we live, she wailed. Now we will die too. The rabbi expressed his concern and tried to console her. He told her to trust in God, but they had to leave her sobbing. No questions, remember, whispered Elijah when he saw the rabbi's face. He blessed the poor couple, and they walked again for a whole day without having breakfast because the cow had died. That meant no milk, and there was nothing else. That evening, they came into a village and heard happy music. They found a nice house made of brick. Servants were bustling about, and they were told that the wealthy owner of this nice house was preparing a party for the engagement of his daughter. It's better not to disturb him now, warned a butler. He doesn't like beggars in normal circumstances, and he will be very irritated if you talk to him before his feast. Better go somewhere else. No, said Elijah, we want to share in his joyous occasion, and we will ask for lodging and food from him. At your own risk. Don't say I didn't warn you, said the butler, before he hurried into the house with some bottles. And the butler was right. The owner of the house treated the beggars harshly. He threatened to have them removed by his servants, but they pleaded so desperately that finally he gave in and let them sleep in his barn just to get rid of them. He warned them not to show themselves at the party. He would certainly not give them any food. Beggars, he muttered into his beard. Let them go and work. 
They should be outlawed. And so the rabbi and Elijah went to sleep with an empty stomach. And it was drafty and chilly in the stable. There was only old smelly straw to lie on because the owner did not spend much money on his animals. The next morning they woke up, recited their prayers and washed their hands with water from a trough. Elijah pointed to an, a, a large opening in the wall of the crumbling barn. That's why it was so cold in here, he exclaimed, and told the rabbi that they would repair the crack with some old tools that were in the barn. The rabbi wanted to object, but he saw the stern look on the prophet's face, and he obeyed without asking questions. They did not bother to tell the owner that they had fixed his wall. He was too busy receiving his guest. He would be angry to see the ragged beggars at his doorstep. As they headed back to the rabbi's village, Elijah said to him, I know that you did not find it fair that the cow of the good couple died and that the wall of the miser was fixed for free. But in God's world, there is more to things than what meets the eye. When we were sleeping in that poor couple's hut, I heard the rustling of big wings from outside. It was the angel of death who had come to take the life of the farmer's wife. I pleaded with him to leave this couple alone. But as you know, the angel of death does not go away empty-handed. It cost me a lot of trouble, but finally I was able to convince him to take the cow. And I gave a blessing to the couple when we left. They did not know it, but at that very moment, a new cow, wandering and lost, was making its way to their hut. They will find it and take care of it. And not only that, God will bless them this year with a child, which is their deepest wish. I see, said the rabbi. And what about the miser? Ah, him, sighed Elijah. Well, in the wall of his barn, someone had hidden a jar with gold coins. That person died before he could tell anybody, and the gold stayed in the wall. Now, if the miser would repair that wall by himself, he would do it himself because he's too stingy to hire a man to fix his barn. He would find the jar. But we fix the wall for him and the gold will stay hidden until a worthier person than he will find it. Also, the party of his daughter will not bring him luck. She will die before the wedding. A rich man will have bad luck in, in business and end up as a beggar, filthier and hungrier than we were, and he will go from door to door and sleep in barns if he's lucky. Do you have any more questions? No, said the rabbi. Now I understand that this world is not what it seems to be to us, and we can only trust God to do justice in his world. Thank you for taking me on your trip. And today, as I, as I begin to think on that story, I begin to think on the word of God and the fact that God has instructed us to trust in him with all of our might. Sometimes there is times of questioning that come our way and we don't understand, but God wants to develop within us a trust that transcends and goes beyond 
our human understanding. God wants us to walk with him and know that he has everything under control. You know, we in our human uh, inabilities, we can only see right where we are. I, I can't see yesterday and I can't see tomorrow. I, I can't see what lies uh, in, in front of me even later on in this day. I can imagine what may happen, but I don't have the vision to see into the future. I don't have the vision to, to see into the past and see why those things transpired and, and what was at work, but I have to rely on trusting in God and knowing that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I have to stand on God's word that yes, those things are true. The, the scripture in Proverbs uh, chapter 15, verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. God sees everything. God's not limited by this time that we uh, are, are so confined to, but God is everywhere and at every time. And so God sees and God knows and, and, and God works things to good. Just like in that story, if, if the, if, if the uh, rabbi had uh, focused just on the death of the cow, he, he, you know, he couldn't see that there was a new cow coming that there was a, a child that was to be born, the blessings of God that lay ahead of him, the things that were that the, the farmer and his wife were spared from because of the death of that cow. We may never know all of the things that, that God has, has spared for us, or, or we don't know the, the, the blessings that lay in front of us until God gives those into our hands. I believe that one of the, the things that I'm going to do in, in eternity is I'm going to sit down and, and ask God, God, can you, can you show me the times that you, that you protected me or kept me from things that I didn't even know about? I, I would love to be able to look back and see those things. And God wants us to know that, listen, you can trust me without having to, to worry and to question. Now, I want to give you a couple examples of some men in the Bible that trusted God and, and did not question, okay? Now, um, last week we, I believe it was last week we uh, talked a little bit about Gideon. Well, Gideon was one of those men that trusted God. And we're familiar with the account of Gideon. He was going to uh, be the deliverer for Israel. He was going to be the one that God used to deliver them from the Midianites. And in Judges chapter 7, verses 1 through 7, it tells us the account um, of where Gideon, and the uh, Bible says that Gideon and all of the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod. The host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel vaunt themselves up against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. 
And so the Lord said, if there's any of them that are scared, send them home. Oh, and, and, and scripture goes on and says, there returned to the people 20 and 2,000 and there remained yet 10,000. And the Lord said unto Gideon, no, that's still too many. He said, no, that's, that, that, they're still going to take credit for themselves. No, that's too many. He said, I want you to send them down to the brook and tell them to get a drink. And, and, and out of that experience, God reduced it down to a number of 300 men. Now, I'm sure that Gideon was questioning when this was happening because God said, okay, now, with those 300 men, I'm going to give them into your hands. I'm going to give the Midianites into your hand. Well, God, that doesn't make sense. Why would you send me into battle with 300 men when, when I had this great army that was here with me? But the Bible never says that Gideon questioned. He had, he had seen the things that God had done and, and when God was there with him, speaking to him and directing him, he trusted God. And he said, okay, God, have your way. You want to do it with 300 men? You're well able. And so the, the battle was won, and it was won through God's plan. Now, I, I want to move quickly into the New Testament. There was a man there that God spoke to him and, and gave him direction of, of something that he was supposed to do. And that man was Paul. Actually, the 23rd chapter in verse 11 uh, tells it says, and the night following, the Lord stood by him, speaking of Paul, and said, be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. And so the Lord gave Paul clear instructions that, listen, you're going to go to Rome and you're going to, you're going to be a witness of me there. Now, I'm sure that Paul and, and uh, you know, and hearing this from the, the voice of the Lord was excited. But, you know, it, it just didn't happen the way that I'm sure Paul had planned it, or the way that Paul thought it would happen. You know, it, it could have happened so many different ways, but bef between the, the command or the, the word from the Lord of what was going to take place until the fulfillment of that, there were some things that, that um, happened to Paul. Paul was put into prison. God, why did that need to happen? Paul, Paul could have questioned, well, God, you said I was going to go to Rome. How am I going to go to Rome if you put me in, if I'm put in prison? And, and then once he was put in prison, finally he was put on a boat as a prisoner to be taken to Rome. So, you know, I'm sure at that point Paul was going, okay, well, at least I'm going to Rome, like, you know, like God said. But, but on the way, they were shipwrecked. Paul ended up on, a, on an island there. He was, he was stranded. The, the, the people were clinging on to boards, and, and they all floated up to, to some shore. Well, God 
How am I supposed to get to Rome now? I'm sure that, you know, that Paul could have been asking all of these questions, but, but the Bible never records that. Even when, when they're sitting around a fire to, to try to warm themselves after being shipwrecked, Paul was bitten by a viper. A, a snake came out of the fire and bit him, a poisonous snake. And the men around, they, they, they knew that Paul was going to die. And when Paul didn't die, they, they, they were amazed. Can you imagine being in a situation like that, saying, well, God, what is going on? Maybe you've been in one of those situations in your own life. You've, you've felt God's leading in your life, and, and, and you, you felt like... Lord, the Lord's given me a word. Maybe a, you know, maybe a, one of the men of God has has come around and 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 maybe they've called you out and, and had a message from the Lord. They they've spoken a word of prophecy over you and and those things begin you know begin to grab hold in your life and you you submit to God's will and say yes, Lord. And you expect those things to begin to take place and and, and they don't come the way that you think they will. God wants us and he leads us in ways to where we learn to trust him without question. I know in my own life, God has led me through, through areas, through situation, taken me through different paths. And I can tell you that because of those situations, I have learned that if God says it, I don't know how it'll happen, but it will happen. And I'm just going along, and I'm going to walk right beside him. That's what God is calling us to. We live in, in uncertain times right now. There's things that are changing. It seems like the world around us is is changing and there's there's so many questions people are wondering how is you know how, how are we going to return to normal what's going to happen what's happening with the church what's going to happen with with our government what's going to happen with the economy they're thinking of all of these things and god's saying listen i'm gonna i'm gonna provide for you i'm gonna take care of you but we have to walk with him and trust him and not question we don't know how the blessing of God is going to come, how the protection of God is going to come, but we do know that it will come. Why, why do you think that Paul was delayed in doing what God said he was to do? Well, I can tell you one thing for certain. There are some evil forces at work that try to resist, try to stop the things that God wants to do. And they will come with everything that they can to try to prevent God's will. But there's nothing that can stop God's will. God has power over every evil force. Not only over every, but over all. Not just, you know, he's stronger than this one, but he's stronger than all of them combined. There is nothing that can stop God. And if God has said it, it will come to pass. Thank God.
thank God for that. God wants us to have that level of trust in him. He wants us to develop that. The only way that we can develop that is by daily walking with him. When we daily walk with God, when we, when we have that time, that, that time in our life of prayer, of communication with God, we learn of him. We learn about him. We learn his way. We learn how God communicates with us. We learn the, the voice of God. The scripture says the sheep hear my, my voice and they know me. God wants us to know without any doubt when he's speaking to us. I can remember uh, when, when I was a, a young preacher and I asked Brother Waxler one time, I said, Brother Waxler, how do you know when God's uh, speaking to you? And he said, well, you just do. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, when you're praying, you know, you, you, you talk to God, you're asking God. He said, you'll know. And I walked away and I was like, well, that wasn't a very good answer. But it was later that week as I was driving down the road and I was praying and I was talking to God, all of a sudden there was this still small voice and the things that were being spoken were things that aligned with God's word. They were things that, that had that right sound to them. They were not contrary to God's word or questioning God's word, but they aligned to it. And, and I can remember going back to Brother Waxler just a, 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 a a few days after that experience, and I said, Brother Waxley, you're right. And he said, what am I right about? He said, I like hearing that, but what am I right about? And I said, you do know when God's talking to you. He said, yeah, I know you do. He said, and, and God will reveal himself to you. God wants you to know his voice. And so God, I believe, is leading the church into not only trusting, but walking with him with such confidence, with such a reassurance that, listen, God, however you're at work, it's okay. I'm going to keep walking, and I'm going to go with you. And today, I want to encourage you to rededicate yourself. Take a moment today. Spend some time in prayer. And, and as the words of that song I will follow him. Where he leads me, I will follow. I will follow all the way. Rededicate yourself and let God know that God, I may not always understand, but I trust you and I'll walk with you. And I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna go without trying to, trying to figure it all out. I'm just gonna follow you. Amen. Today, if you're here, and, and you have not heard the, the plan of salvation, let me share that with you. Because in order to, to, to have that experience with God, God wants to, he wants to give you new life. And so he will do that through the new birth experience called the plan of salvation. You can see that in Acts, the second chapter. 
The, the Lord said that if we will repent, we will be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins, that he will fill us with the Holy Ghost. And he even gave us a sign of what that is when we receive the Holy Ghost. Throughout the, the New Testament, we can see that when people were filled with the Holy Ghost, the sign was that they spoke with other tongues. They spoke in a language that they did not know. And God still does that today. And so I invite you today, if you have not done that, to find a place of repentance. Go and go and, and begin to talk to God and to repent. If you haven't been baptized, contact us. We will baptize you. On Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon, we are baptizing a young man here at uh, Claremont Pentecostal Church. I'm excited about that. And if God has not filled you with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, ask him, and it's a gift that he will freely give you. Let's bow our heads today. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you, God. We thank you for your word. God, we trust you. We ask that you would help us as we walk with you, God, to develop within us, God, that, that confidence in you that we don't question, that we don't doubt, but, God, that we trust you and walk with you with full reassurance that your word will forever stand. God, and what you have said will come to pass. We thank you for it. I pray right now for each and every one that's under the sound of my voice right now that you would bless them. Minister to them, God. Let your spirit minister to them right now, God. I thank you for it. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You're dismissed.